It just happened. The three consecutive winners, I won in 2012, and we made, randomly met each other at a restaurant after an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And we just had this chat and said, Yo, guys, maybe we should do something. We're the only three um, consecutive female winners so far. Mm-hmm. And um, let's, let's just contact APSA and see what we can do. But now the problem was our work was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in uh, natural objects and collecting and detail and Libby is so abstract with her work and Pauline is an amazing oil painter. And we just thought, where are we going to start? And so we randomly got this rubber material and just started playing with it. And with time and a lot of effort and brainstorming and working together, we came to the end result of Tripe. I think it's such a great opportunity to get from APSA um, this support that they give us. And they just said, we trust that you know what you're doing. And uh, we gave them some updates as we were going along and yeah. it just worked out great. Yeah. yeah, I quite like the idea that it was an, an organic relationship that developed between yourself and Pauline Gutter as well as Liberty Batson. So something that comes from the three of you that then grows into, I want to call it a mammoth project. Tell me how long it took to put Tribe together and, you know, the fact that it, it sort of grows out of the excesses of modern day living, a modern day production. What are you telling us? What story did you guys come up with when you decided to focus on this project? It took us about a year. So we started last year, September, and obviously started small. But as the rubber accumulated and uh, were driven down to Bloemfontein, we made the whole installation, all the separate parts we mm-hmm. um, did in Bloemfontein. And it started slowly. And, you know, you start by just playing with the material and seeing, oh, we like what's happening here. And this is nice. And this is nice. And in the end, I think that we started with the idea of focusing on art. Art mm-hmm. for art's sake, we want to use line, color, shape, and just show that you can create something out of nothing, turning waste into worth. And it is so obvious, the rubber and um, looking at where we are in society and trying to go green and um, just making people aware of the amount of rubber and waste and plastic that's being created mm-hmm. and ends up in the ocean. And it's so shocking, but I don't think we really started out and say we're going to be a voice for rubber and for the environment. But I don't think you can look at the exhibition and not realize the impact that society has on the environment. Yeah, absolutely. It's described as an ethereal rubber environment with threads and tendrils that has entered the APSA building. It's an otherworldly sensory circumstance, which perhaps in one moment is a kelp forest of seaweed and anemones and the next an umbilical cord searching for its mother or a hidden inner body microcosm. Is this unworldliness, the sea, the land, a microscopic universe or an intestinal tract? What are these creatures of body, of water, of earth? I mean, <laughs> it sounds, you know, it sounds so deep. It sounds so dense. It sounds so mysterious. When you walk into um, the, that exhibition or as you experience that exhibition, what have you been able to see sort of members of the public experience? What are their reactions when they experience it? Well, the first thing that everybody says is the smell. Mm. 
course, you're not just confronted by this very immense, big waterfall of uh, what we call the bellyful being running out of the gallery, but you also get confronted by this very strong rubbery smell. And the idea is that people will probably not be that happy in their workplace now. Suddenly they have this confronted with the smell, but also this rubber gets imposed into your everyday life. You, we take it out of the gallery and you can't help but see it when you go up the escalator and mm. uh, see this big waterfall on your right-hand side. And I think the idea was to just try to overwhelm the public with just the vast amount of rubber that we collected, it amounts up to two weeks of rubber. Yeah. So imagine what the amount really can accumulate to during a, after a year or say a month. Yeah. And this, of course, is rubber that you've collected from a manufacturer in Johannesburg, uh, polyurethane and uh, rubber that you've collected from a manufacturer in Johannesburg. And these are just the excesses of a short period of time and you've been able to create a whole exhibition out of it. Yes, yes. Tons of rubber. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about your own process and in fact your own journey as an artist you know you're a self-described obsessive collector of miniature natural objects and then you've spoken you touched on the fact that when you started the project um, of the collaborative project uh, tripe with um, with Pauline and with Liberty it was a it was a bit of a stretch or a, um, a you know it was a bit of a stretch or a jump for you to go from the smaller miniature to such a bigger and grander scale tell me about that process and how how do you normally conceptualize in your own individual work as an artist? Mostly I'm inspired by nature. So I just feel that yeah, I can't walk past something small lying on the ground and not pick it up <laughs> and try to bottle it or store it in some way and just keep it from going back into nothing. Yes. So I have to have this little bit of an obsession. Yeah. And so basically that is the basis of where most of my conceptual work come from is to taking collected objects and then turning that into art. So in a way, the rubber worked on the same concept of finding this material in nature or somewhere and then converting that into uh, artwork and having a message and having a concept behind why you do what you do. Mm. But also, we each had our own little piece of style that we applied to the bigger scheme of the installation. For I can't help to work, I love working small and detailed. So yeah. you'll find little small pieces of detail throughout the installation. I think you could say, okay, that's our resound in that. Then on the other hand, we have these really blocked out colors, areas, and you say, oh, that's obviously Libby, mm -hmm. uh, Liberty, but abstract colors and form that she uses. So I think in the end, even though we each have our own style and we did apply it in our own way to the installation and how we worked with the material, I think we managed to get a nice balance between our own individual styles compared to the bigger scheme of things. And let's talk about that individual style. You're born and based in Bloemfontein. You've studied art. You've done your master's in fine art. And you're also lecturing at the Central University of Technology. Tell me how you 
imprint on your students the importance and even the necessity of what they're doing. It's not an easy career choice. Well, just to let the students realize that art has a voice. Anything that you feel passionate about can be the basis of your art. Mm -hmm. And just to give them that confidence to tell them that you don't only need to shout it out or social media or talk about it. You can actually make an art piece that can say much more than words can say. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that they're inspired by the exhibition and with me being an artist, but also to show them that I can be a lecturer, but I can also be an artist and I can also take part in exhibitions Mm. and Um, And they're not mutually exclusive, right? You don't have to be in academia or a a full-time or practicing artist. As long as you're committed, and I hope that I can show them that as long as you put in the effort and as long as it's a passion that you can achieve it. The same with being a mom of two kids and balancing family life with uh, full-time work and making art. So obviously there's the limits of not going on to residencies in the middle of the semester. Yeah. But um, there's time for everything. So I hope that the students can see that you can really balance your life and still follow your heart and follow your passion that you have. Absolutely. And and I guess what figures a lot into being able to follow your passion and, and see your, your dreams and your visions come to fruition are relationships such as this, right? What does having, I guess, a, we'll call it a patron for the purpose of this conversation, what does having a patron do for an artist and an artist's work? Yeah, just the platform alone is amazing to just know that you have the support because I don't think that anybody can ignore APSA's presence in the art world Mm. in South Africa, well, even on the continent. So it is amazing to have their support and to know that they trust that what you are busy doing is basically giving us free range in saying what you do is good and just carry on and we have your back. And the amount of exposure that we get is amazing. And then also just getting back to the students for them to see where there are corporate companies out there that's willing to invest in the arts and who's willing to help you. Mm -hmm. So it's it's amazing. I mean, I can imagine the sort of sense of relief it also might bring that quite often artists struggle to secure and enjoy. But once it's there, I guess it frees your mind up to be fully creative, right? If if you look at the chances that artists get to actually make installation art, Mm. I mean, the idea behind installation art is to make art for art's sake and make a difference what you see in the gallery space. But it's not about necessarily selling the artwork because it's so site-specific. And when we heard that we can have the opportunity to do anything. We all just said, let's do installation art because it's not about <laughs> selling a painting or making art for getting the money back. We yes. have this amazing opportunity to just do it for art's sake. Yeah. You always think there should be some message that the artist is trying to send to you and that you're meant to receive as someone who comes through and enjoys it. Art for art's sake, what do those words actually mean to you? Well, it comes from the modern idea of art where it doesn't necessarily have to have this big message. If you have tone and color and value balance 
you will get something out of the artwork mm. by just looking at it and by just emerging yourself into the artwork. But at the same time, we're in a stage where you can't take yourself out of your own experience. And, and so you experience the art by your own references from your own life, from society, the community. So you get a message from your own references. So, and I think that's what's so nice, even if you look at the stretch of the imagination mm -hmm. work that's installation is the 30 meter light installation where it, it looks like an umbilical cord but yeah. for somebody else it may look like how you write with a flashlight if you take a long exposure with a photograph or for others it would look like an intestine you know so mm. each one it looks like something else yeah. and that's what's so nice about the exhibition 